everybody. My name is Riley Meek, and I am an intentional man of action, honor, and integrity. Yes, you are. I need- you are. Okay, all right. That was yes, such weak thought. This is going to be a long day if I don't have any more interaction than that. Come on, guys. Come on. Um, uh, Jared Jaden, you, uh, introduce yourself, brother. I haven't heard your contract in a minute, man. Yeah, uh, I'm Jared Jaden, and I'm a provider for the poor and needy and protector of the weak. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Raj, I got to go with you, man. I haven't heard that in a while from you. He's, he's like, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. Listen, we got to write these statements on our heart, baby. Christian Edwards, you got to give it to us, man. What's up, guys? My name is Christian Edwards, and I am a fearless beacon of light, spreading the hope and love of Jesus Christ with intention and fervency. There we go. Yes, yes you, you are. are. Yes, you are. I love this. And for those of you that are like new to this and hopping on, you're like, what kind of cult did I just enter into? Uh, I promise you, there's a reason we make those declarations, and you're going to find out why um, and how to even create your own uh, as we kind of flow through here over the next hour or so with you guys. But um, I want to just first off throw out a couple of praise reports. I, uh, it's been such an epic, man, such an epic last couple of weeks, really. You guys do know um, if, you, if you're on the email list and everything, we had a book launch for book two of the creation mandate, uh, similar to, well, it is in the Kingdom Entrepreneur series. Uh, as you guys know, that the creation mandate was booked to. Hopefully, most of you got that as a PDF download. It's free. Uh, we made it available for free for a couple of days. If you didn't get it, uh, hit us up. Let us know even just in the chat. We can, we can track that here, and we'll make sure that you get a copy of that. But uh, with this launch that we did, we actually hit the Amazon bestseller list, not just in... Uh, uh, three, there were three like Christian categories, but yesterday morning woke up to an email that said, uh, we just hit number one in entrepreneurship. So across the board, entrepreneurship, not just pigeonholed in the faith component, but actually in entrepreneurship. So hoping and believing that that book can be used for continued seeds to be sown into souls that need Jesus. Uh, so honored to you guys. And thank you for, for participating in that and being a part of that book launch, because I, I'm really proud of, of that book um, and, and the help that Christian and others on the team were able to just really, um, really make this thing flow extremely well. So if you don't have that one, first off, you don't have the book number one, make sure you got that because we're going to dive into the seven day blueprint. We're going to spend a lot of time today on, on vision. That's what we're going to dive into a lot of. We're going to, we're going to narrow, narrow this thing down. Like what in the world is actual vision? Uh, and then we're going to dive into how we actually cast vision and, and incrementally put those goals in place uh, to fulfill the vision, right? Because goals are not vision. I, I like to just make that crystal clear. Goals are a, a means to an end, right? They're a stepping stone to ultimately fulfill the vision uh, that, that we have for our lives. So it's great to have incredible vision. But you guys know, we talk a lot about this. The number one enemy of every vision is lack of provision, and uh, certainly it could be laziness as well, but I believe if the vision is strong enough, if it's clear enough, your vision will give any sort of pain purpose. Any sort of pain should have purpose to fulfill that vision for your life. So we're going to really narrow this down today, guys. We've got the, the workbook uh, for you to, again, download. There's going to be some categories that we're going to run through there. It's only four pages, so it's not too too crazy for you guys. 
Uh, but that's what we're ultimately going to run through here today. And I, again, I want to be just interactive in the chat. I got Roger, I got Christian. Scott's helping us out here as well today. And uh, this is just going to be a fun, fun next 90 minutes with everybody here. And that being said, I'm going to actually do a little screen share here. Make sure I've got this pulled up appropriately because we have a uh, a theme that we we are going to actually take people through here today. We've got an epic little message regarding this theme. And and then ultimately, um, if I can figure out how to do this screen share stuff, can you guys see? Uh, can you see this here? The PowerPoint. Yep. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, this is our theme here for 2024 for today's class for the next 90 minutes. We've got this theme dialed in here, but then also leading into 2024. And it is very simple. It is here I am. Here I am. And we actually, we, we got to spend last week out uh, with uh, the Turning Point team and Turning Point Faith, Charlie Kirk. Uh, he actually even had a shirt made that said, here I am. And it was so impactful uh, because this event that they had was, a, you know, America Fest, but ultimately uh, everything was that was woven into it was, was the gospel. It was Jesus at the core and this was just kind of their their resounding like statement for the event was here I am and and just talking with our team and those that got to be out there is like man that is such a a, a profound statement and Christian's going to have a little little uh, uh, teaching on this of what this actually means but the reality is throughout the Bible there were six individuals six people that actually made this statement of here I am. And this simple statement, I think, is something that not only changed their lives for forever, but had such an impact on eternity as well. And I think if more of us kingdom-minded followers, I don't even want to say Christians, you know, self-proclaimed Christians, but I'm saying, well, devoted followers of Jesus Christ, if we had this mindset, we took this mindset and this posture of this heart on, was here I am. It doesn't, it has zero to do with the actual place that they were, but it was the disposition of their heart, which was God, use me. I want to be used in an incredible way for your purposes on this earth. And that is my cry out. I know that as Ashley's here and Ellie, our daughter here, uh, and, and then ultimately what I believe, I know it's Christians, I know it's Scots, I know it's Rogers, I know it's Jared James. Most of us here within this King's Council community, it's like, yes, we just want to be used in such an incredible, impactful way. But how do we do that? Right? How do we actually make this thing happen here? And that's, again, what we're going to dive into today for the next 90 minutes. So be present with us here today, guys. And the reason I say that, uh, when it comes to actual... Uh, retention rates. I'm going to, I'll go through a few slides with you guys. Uh, when it comes to retention rates, okay, this is a big thing here. And this is why I ask for you to be present with us, be, uh, uh, have your cameras on, right? We don't care what you look like. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking a hat here today because of the hair plugs I just had, uh, in, in put in for those that are just joining late. Uh, I had hair transplants yesterday. We don't care what you look like, right? We want to make sure that we are we are interactive here and we're getting the most out of this. And here's how we get the most out of this, guys. Because a lot of people are consumers, right? Even us, when they go to church on, on Sunday, it's like we sit back and we just consume, 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 and we're not actually participating in church. 
Because church isn't a production, guys. Church isn't like going to just hear a sermon. It is about doing, right? It's about coming together collectively as a body of believers. This right here on a Saturday morning, to me, this is church, baby. This is what we're doing is we're we're able to actually uh, take the knowledge, take the wisdom from each other here, and now actually be able to pour into each other to equip the saints, right? You guys are saints. If you're followers of Jesus Christ, you are saints. We are here to equip each other so we can go fulfill the God-given vision, mission, and purposes for us here on this earth today. Can I get an amen with that, guys? I need, I, I'm need. i going to need some interaction here. Amen. Um, there oh, we go. Amen. There we go. Yes. So here's the deal. If you're just sitting back and you are a consumer, you're watching and you're listening this, maybe you're driving in the car, I still want you on, all right? So don't don't turn it off. I don't want you feeling bad if you, if you if you had other things planned, right? I'm glad you're here. But the reality is you're only going to retain about 8 to 10% of this. This is just the reality. This is this is a these are proven studies that have been taken on on the amount that not only do we retain, but we can actually put into practice, all right? So if you watch and listen, you're just a consumer. This is no different than a Sunday morning on ch- at church. If you actually take notes, we, per- we provided you this PDF download. If you take notes, you're going to retain about 38 to 42% of this, right? Which is good. That's getting better. But here's the big thing, guys, is if you engage with emotion, so we're watching, we're listening, we're taking notes, and now we're going to engage in this process here emotionally, you're going to retain upwards of 92% of this. And that is going to be the catapult. That's going to be the launching pad to push you into 2024, not just for a more uh, hopium type of uh, event, right? Like if you saw the the uh, social post that that one of the, that I said, I was like, "Hey, we ain't just creating vision boards here. We are strategizing. We are putting pen to paper today, and we are going to make this thing uh, make sense. We're going to start this process here over the next couple of weeks for you to come back January fourth, which is going to be another launch call that we have here with this community." to really put things into practice. And, and I don't even know if practice is the right word. To put this into training, there we go. We're, we're, we're in continually uh, a continual training process here of sanctification, right? And I know that God has called each and every one of you to big things, big things. Whatever that, whatever that big thing is to you, it's, it's different for me. It's different for any one of us that are on this, but we are called to big things, Big things in God's eyes. It doesn't matter if it is to, to plant a church of six people. That's big things. Lives are being changed. Souls are being saved. That's big things. It could be to run a, a multi-hundred million, billion dollar company. It's big things, right? It is big things. The big responsibility to take place. And that's where I do know, guys, that that we we have goals, aspirations. We have, we have things that we want to do and accomplish. But all of those... Are, are based upon our accessibility, right? Are we going to make ourselves available to God in this process here? Okay, I've really realized that the, the three things, you guys probably have heard a teaching on this, the three things that, that make us able, because so God gives to us according to our ability, it is based upon our availability, right? And you guys have made yourself available here this morning. So again, honor to you for that. We are making ourselves available. Then it is, all right, am I going to take take this responsibly? Am I going to actually take these gifts, these talents, these abilities that God's given me? And some of you may be like, bro, I don't even know what those are yet. 
you're in the right spot because we're gonna we're gonna hone in on what those giftings, talents, and ability are. And then from there, it is the accountability factor. Because at, at one day, there's accountability within us amongst believers here, but there's also the ultimate judgment seat, the accountability of not did I get into heaven, but what did you do with what I gave you? And this guy's where my life radically changed four years ago. It was like, I I know, I, I, well, I think I was saved at the time. Uh, it's like, I think I got into heaven. Like I was looking to Jesus as savior, but there's this entire lordship component that was completely, uh, I just didn't know about it. I just didn't, I didn't understand that there was a difference between looking to Jesus as savior and looking to Jesus as Lord. And guys, when I stopped trying to get God to fall in a line with what I wanted, and I came into alignment with what he wanted for my life, that's when my life radically changed for the better, for the better. No question, no doubt about it. Now, was it easy? No. Is it easy? No, right? But it's it's worth it. It is so freaking worth it when you get to do life with each other here. And that's, again, ultimately what we're breaking down here today over the next, again, I think I said 90 minutes. Maybe we're down to like 70 minutes or an hour or so. But, but again, we'll stay on as long as you guys need. We're going to take questions uh, and everything like that. We want to make sure that we have a, a clear understanding before any of us get off this call today. Are we good? You guys with me on this? All right. Perfect. Perfect. So before we dive into vision, okay, which throw it in the chat. I want to see the word vision here because I want to make sure that we're, we're active and engaged in this process. Before we really dive into that, though, I always want to make sure, first off, we have a good understanding of what vision is, and we're, we're going to ultimately dive into that. But in order to cast vision for our life, or I like to even just think of it like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to draw a map here. Okay, And if I'm going to draw a map, I really got to know, I got to know two things, right? Number one, I got to know where I'm going. Like what, what's the destination? And that's, that's ultimately what we're going to cover here. But what's the other thing that I got to know? Throw it in the chat if anybody knows here. What's the other thing that I got to know? If I, if, I wanna, if I have a clear understanding of where I want to go, but then I need to know where I'm at. There we go, guys. Love it. I love it. All right. So we got to know where we're at with this thing. And with this, I'm going to, I want to bring up uh, Scotty T. A lot of you guys know uh, my business partner for the last seven years. Uh, we have built numerous businesses together. We've been able to accomplish this, not by our giftings. I mean, certainly God give, God's favor has been upon us. Uh, from the get-go, no question about that. But I think we've been able to do this collectively together because if any of you have business partners, you know it can be hard, right? It's it's no it's like a marriage, right? If any of you are in mar are married, enough said. You know it can be hard, right? And it just it takes work. It takes and so everything that we're going to run through here to God today, guys. Yes, we we talk a large emphasis on business and what we're going to accomplish and do. Uh, from a financial standpoint, but all of that is for naught. You guys know that if, if our household is not in order. And so all of these, these exercises that we're going to run through ultimately will apply into your everyday life, right? Every Most importantly, into your everyday life. And then the, the trickle effect is really how it's going to fall over into the business world and financially how you can make an impact uh, in that respect as well. And part of the reason Scott and I have been able to to build so many different businesses together from like literal startup is by us sitting down together, casting vision collectively, 
laying out the roles, identifying exactly what needs to happen when and where, who's responsible for what. And then we, more than once a year, we do this once a year just because this is a thing to do, right? Like we do this as a um, New Year's resolution time. It's a great time to reset. We call it rest, right? As a biblical blueprint, God's called us to rest. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested as, as an example for us to follow as a part of our seven-day blueprint of creation, right? So we take this time to rest. Yes, we want to recuperate. It's going to be great in the next couple of weeks. Some people are running ragged, though, and aren't getting any rest. So we do encourage you to take some time. Take some time and rest. But the point of resting is to reflect and to really get an understanding of, okay, how do we do? How am I doing? And I think this is something that we take for granted. I took this for granted for 34 years of my life. It was just like grind, hustle. If, if there's a will, there's a way. If it's to be, it's up to me. That was the mindset. And did it, it did it make me, quote unquote, successful from the worldly standpoint for a period of time? I can, I can say yes. I mean, I, I unashamedly can say yes from the worldly perspective, right? I had a... I had a lot of money. I could do what I want, when I wanted, where I wanted. But it was it was such a an unfulfilling just period in my life where it's like I didn't want to do what I wanted anymore. I didn't want to do those things anymore. And it was thank God Him just bringing me back, constantly drawing me back to Him and understanding like Riley, what what are you doing, bro? Like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And it was a moment for me of understanding. Here I am. Here I am. And guys, I want this. I believe there's going to be some revelation today for you guys and, and prepping for this and prayer for this. Last night and into this morning, I just felt like, God, you're going to move mountains today in people's life. There's going to be mindset shifts today in your guys' lives. If, if, again, we're participating and playing out here with this. Now, in building this, again, casting this vision, we're going to bring it back to reflecting on where we are at today. How is 2023? And Scott, I know this is something that you and I do, again, very regularly. Uh, I would encourage you guys to do this at least quarterly for yourselves, if not monthly. Some of you may be journalers and, and, and you're, you're tracking these things, but it's so important for us to really just grasp this and, and be real with ourselves. Because if you, first off, if you don't define what it is that you're dealing with, you're never going to be able to defeat it. Right. I think that was like Craig Groeschelism. I just thought that was so good. It's like, man, you got to be able to define what it is. Is it pornography? Is it is it uh, uh, drunkenness? Is it addiction in other forms? Is it anger? Is it just is it pride? I know all of us deal with that. Right. Like that's the root of pretty much every sin that we all have. Most of it is rooted in that. And so we have to we have to audit our thoughts in this. Right. And, and take an understanding of how did we actually really do. And so, Scott, hey, doing this. Hey, right. Yeah. Before before you get to Scott, like agenda thing, like we, we're 20 minutes in and we haven't prayed it up, brother. Yeah, and that's why I love you, Raj. I love <laughs> you, man. Why we're here. Let's, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so funny. I always I always forget to pray. And why would I forget that? Why would I forget the most important thing that we all should be doing? Um, let's pray in. Hey, Christian. I, why are you praying us in, bro? I know you're gonna you're gonna speak a little a little bit here, but I want you to to pray us in, man. Really seal this room here, and yeah. Uh, and and yeah, let's just uh, declare God's divine favor and blessing in this time here today. Yeah, absolutely. 
Father God, we come to you this morning as as humble as we know how to, Lord. We're we're here this morning, two days before Christmas, because uh, we want to be better. We want to get better. We want to know you more. We want to know the the plans and purpose you have on our lives. So God, we ask that your presence is felt here on this call. I ask in the name of Jesus that you seal this space, that you allow for no distractions, Lord. And I, I pray for a spirit of unity amongst us all, Lord. Uh, just this, this small portion of your body, uh, we are here together to hold each other accountable, to, to uh, lift one another up, to sharpen one another, and to just fellowship with each other and with you through your spirit, Lord. God, I, I, we're believing for big things to come in 2024, not even big things in our own eyes, but in the eyes of you, Lord. Whatever it is you're calling us to, Lord, prepare us today. Let this be the, the benchmark, the catalyst that launches us and propels us into 2024, where we could sit here a year from now and have zero regrets, no regrets at all, Lord. Be with us today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for the accountability in that. Now, if you guys have your PDF, um, again, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through a couple of examples like this. And Scott, uh, I, I know you're so you're so good at just uh, really kind of facilitating this, even helping me kind of walk through and understanding, uh, you know, where are we at? What have we done? Because a lot of us, if we're high achievers, it's like we always are are like what I didn't do, right? We're always looking at the, the, the lack in things and what we didn't accomplish. But, and for some of us, that may be true. Maybe you guys did have a bunk year and you were, you just, you weren't in it, right? And now we get to start to make these decisions. But again, this is just the reality where we want to take, take a moment and two, just reflect on all those amazing things that, that happened or maybe even could have happened. And so, Scott, yeah. if you'll walk us through this, man, that would be amazing. Just a couple examples, and then we're going to take some time for everybody to, to put pen to paper on some of these concepts here as well. Yeah, man. Good, great, great. I love seeing this group like this. So a couple of things I want you guys put in the chat me. Just type me if you've heard things like no days off, grind, hustle, the grind is real. Blah, blah, blah. You guys have all heard these. Got the probably even got the, the paintings on the wall, right? Grind, hustle, overwork your competition, do more, do more, do more, do more. And you guys, <clears throat> I know many of you probably have heard, if you've heard the, the Kings Council podcast or been on any of our events, you probably heard this analogy before. But I don't know if you've heard about the two uh, guys cutting down the trees. And this is something that's super important because I think this matters. And this is how you actually apply as we get into this, it's great to write stuff down and keep stuff on a piece of paper, but how do we apply it? And there was two guys that were applying for a job to cut down trees, and they said, okay, here's what's going to happen. We only got one job. Whoever gets the most done today will get the job. One goes out, and he's cutting. He's swinging his axe all day long. He's just crushing the game, crushing, crushing all day, never even stopped. He is literally a, a beast. And the other guy, every hour, took a break. And what happened toward the end of the day, the guy was just crushing it. He's like, man, I'm going to kill this guy. He's sitting down. Every time I look over, he's sitting down. No big deal. <clears throat> I got this in the bag. And they get back. They come back to the boss. And they're like, all right, well, here's how it goes. How did we do? And the guy who went all day long is like, I cut 106 trees down today. He's like, oh, that's pretty good. That's a good day. Come on. What about you? He asked the other guy. He's like, I cut 136 trees today. 
And the first guy who was the hustler, the grinder, says, how can that be? Every time I looked over, you were sitting down, taking a break. I clearly outworked you. And he said, yeah, when I sat down to take my break, I sharpened my blade. And there's something to be said about, we have a feeling like if we just work harder, 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 we're going to win. And the reality is you're not, you're going to tear up your body. You're going to tear up your spirit. You're going to run yourself over and probably anyone in your life. <clears throat> and if you don't take the time to sharpen your blade, whether that's your brain or your muscles or your spirit or your relationships, any of those things, you've got to stop. You've got to stop and check. You've heard stop and smell the roses and all these other sayings. But this is one of these things, rather than, like you said, we do this all the time. And it, it, we actually have sort of just turned it into a habit that I catch ourselves in what, you know, what we call downtime, which could be, you know, midnight at a hotel in some random town across America, where we go, okay, where are we? And we just stop a second. And he has this, you know, the legal pad and we're flipping through our lists and our to-dos and all of our stuff. Where are we? <clears throat> but we've gotten into this rhythm of making sure we're checking in how far we've come, what we have done, and what we still have left to do. I want a lot of people, how many people on here, you can either raise your hand or say, say I do in the chat. <clears throat> how many people have a list of stuff they haven't done yet? They constantly have a to-do list, to-do, to-do, to-do. How many people spend time going through what you actually did finish? See, this is natural for so many people. When you got to clean your house, you walk right through the rooms that are already clean and you go straight to the problem areas. So people focus on their problems so much, they focus on what I still have left to do that they have a tendency not to take a minute and take stock in what they did do. So the reason this, this concept of rest and reflect is literally take a break, sharpen your blade, see how far you've come, feel good about it, make sure you have the energy, the spirit, the effort, and all that to move forward. So this PDF, this is actually a really cool exercise. Now, each of these pages have eight squares um, that we can go through. We're not gonna do all these today. I want you to spend time on these. Now, the most important thing that, that we do, and this is a regular thing, Riley and I, every conversation, we know two things to be true. One is you either say it how it went, don't sugarcoat it, don't fake it, don't pat yourself on the back and say, oh, it was good anyway. If it was bad, we say it's bad. If it didn't work the way we wanted, fine, we, we win or learn, and we'll get into that in a second. That's the first thing. Second is we, have, we hold each other accountable to the way we saw it and like, well, it was good. Like, no, it wasn't good. We planned to do this and we missed. Let's be cool with that. Hold each other accountable. He doesn't let me sugarcoat stuff. I don't let him. He doesn't. We. This is where the community and partnerships can be very strong. We have a tendency to go, I did my best. Oh, well, I tried and things like that. And we give ourselves these pre-excuses to why we didn't walk out God's mission for us. <clears throat> and there's no one on this call right now who God doesn't see really more for you than you do for yourself. I can assure you. I hate the saying, God never gives you more than you can handle. Yes, he does. That's all he ever does. So get used to it and keep yeah. moving. Because that's all he has for you is more than you can handle. That's why you're walking with him and that's why we need him. So let's not pretend for a second that if we just worked it out, we figured it out, that we're done. We're not even close. All right? So let's look at this exercise. Let's look at this PDF. You guys go to page two. Obviously, the first one is the cover. The second one is 2023 
review and highlight that top left square. I want everyone to look through this. Name your top seven achievements in 2023. Big, small, either way. What are you most proud of? You can change the order and do that kind of thing. But let's talk about things that you actually achieved. Riley just said he finished book two. I know that was on the list. This needs to get done. I got to make the time for it. I don't care if that interrupts something that's fun or something else I wanted to do. I have to make time. I have to finish it. He should be proud he finished that book. He did. Yeah, it. that's good, Scott. Even on that note, since you mentioned that, like, because we look back at what had to be done, uh, because last year at this same time, we cast vision for, uh, I'd launched uh, that, that first book. And this has been one of the busiest years of my life uh, in all reality, but it's been very impactful. And so the thing that got put on the back burner is we were, we were creating content, creating content. And then it was like August and I'm like, Oh snap. Uh, that was on the list and that was a non-negotiable. And so it was then prioritizing. Um, and a lot of these, these exercises, we we've created a course called the DNA blueprint where we will we'll get access before you guys that don't have that. It's like, how do we create these non-negotiables in our life uh, and prioritize those things? And so that's just a prime example, Scott, as, as you mentioned, just a book of like, yeah, it was because I reflected in August and thought, I'm going to put some gas on this thing. So I had to reprioritize things in my life. That's right. That's right. And right. That's, that's actually half or more than half the reason to do these things is yeah. so we can recalibrate where we are, like you said, on the map. If I'm behind, I got to step it up a little bit. And we'll get into a little bit of that because I, I definitely don't want to touch that. But I want you guys to take a second and think through a couple of these. It doesn't have to be exactly seven, but get the process started. Let's take a minute and go, what are some things that have happened this year? What have you accomplished this year that you set out to accomplish and you did? Or you set out the year before and it rolled and you go, okay, I can't let this roll another year. And you did finish it. Yeah. Yeah, do let's do that. Yeah. I would say, do we want to take some examples or do we want to let, let's, let's talk? Yeah, I would love, I, I'm sure there's a couple, just for the sake of time, I'm sure there's a couple that are are popping on, on people's head. I would love to throw your hand up if anybody has any to to share here of your achievements in 2023. And no, guys, these aren't, aren't like braggadocious things. Uh, oh. it, it, how we how we take this is, it's it's an act of praise. And I mean, if, if your heart is really in this disposition of like, I love to hear these praise reports of like, God gave me this. That's really what the grace of God is, right? It's like, we have, we, we've been given mercy uh, for the forgiveness of our sins, but the grace of God is, is him empowering us to do those hard things that like to, to choose not sin and to choose those righteous things. And so this is fantastic. John Snyder, come off mute, man. I'd love to hear yeah, um, I donate platelets for uh, City of Hope, and I reached my 200th donation. It usually takes about, well, I've been trying, I've been donating platelets for cancer patients for probably over 15 years. So you have to wait like every two to three weeks. Um, so 200 donations is like a really big deal. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Amazing, John. That's it's great. How many times would you probably experience where it's like, I don't feel good or it's raining out or whatever. It's like, no, you made this commitment. We are, we, we, Ash, Ellie and I, we've made this commit, this uh, family of core values that we have. And it's like, we are, uh, we are people of our word. 
no matter what that word, even though circumstances have changed, we are going to stick to our commitments because of that. So amazing, John. Thank you for sharing. Jared Jaden, talk to us, man. Uh, yeah, I was already wrote down like four. I know I've got to focus on the other three, but the transition from Edward Jones to Kingdom Wealth was a great transition. Um, finding a partnership for you uh, with the guys that could actually build the app and design the website. That was a huge accomplishment. Um, we got an investor. Uh, so a private equity company is investing in us. Um, that was done. And uh, I'm really proud of the website getting redone and, and looking professional for you. Amazing. Amazing, Jared. Dude, I didn't know you got the PE, PE money coming in. That's fantastic, bro. Congrats. Yeah. It's great. Yes. I want to hear more about that eventually. But Anthony, talk to us, man. Yeah, so uh, so I wrote a book in 2023, uh, starting the publish publishing process in January. Uh, and uh, created a new LLC for the podcast and all that good stuff. So it's been it's been an exciting year. Yes, it has, man. It just it's been amazing. We've got to know you just in the last couple months, if, if that even. Um, and just those it's just those, those little intentional acts that that stack upon each other, and then we can look back and go, man, twenty twenty three is pretty good, right? Well, for some of us, we might we may be struggling with this of just like. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, and, and this is your first year of actually doing this exercise. Just so you guys know, we do this every year. We've been doing this every year since 2020. And, uh, you know, as a group here within the King's Council, and it's not like these these questions really change a whole lot, right? We may have a different theme every now and then, but a lot of this is like, what do we do? We want to rest, we want to reflect so that we can recalibrate and, and ultimately relaunch. It's, that's fantastic. Scott, you want to go through any other ones? Yeah, so that one is pretty important because I think that's the one most people skip. They just say, I have so much left to do. And a lot of times, and again, you, you can take all the different angles, right? I want to be proud of myself. I want to see how far I've gone. Um, I, you start to realize, even as you get older, you start to realize like, hey, I'm actually getting pretty good at this. Like you can actually feel better about yourself. And it does kind of give you not only like a spirit of accomplishment, but it also is like, I want to be able to spend time, not just, quote, complaining or saying I have so much to do because that's just the stress foil. That's just not the spirit we are not meant to, to live in. That's just not the way we're supposed to be living. So let's let's measure and put down and be proud of the things that we've done and how far we've come. Because again, reality is there's going to be some pretty big things on there. You're going to look back and go, holy cow. If you would have asked me January 1st, would I be here today with that done? I, I probably would have said no, but because I was obedient, because I walked it out, because I, I made myself available, because I kept looking, look what happened. God makes my shoulders bigger and bigger and bigger every day. Yes, does that mean the target on my back is bigger? Sometimes, but that also means I get bigger and bigger as he does more and more with and through us. So I think that's a pretty important one. God, don't skip the good side of these. It's pretty easy to write down what went wrong, how things went. So Let's do the one right under it there on the left. If you're doing the squares, go the next one down. What did I learn about myself? This one becomes really, really valuable. And here's what a lot of people will say after they've done their accomplishments. Like, I didn't realize I could finish that. I didn't realize 
that I was that. And if you guys have heard any of my testimony or any of the the podcasts when Riley and I did, you know, kind of my story, one of my things has kind of always been, I take a, what I, some people think is a weakness and I use it for a strength is I have this fear people will think I'm dumb and it forces me to go study and learn stuff. So I'm trying to use that as an angle and I go, okay, well, I'm actually not that dumb. I can actually do that thing. And whether that's just a, a self-limiting belief or a, something that I've had from when I was little, I work around it and I, I use it as a strength now to help me go learn stuff. So what did I learn about myself is I actually can consume new information and I can learn stuff. And you can teach an old dog new tricks, if you will, right? But those are the things that become valuable to us as we're growing. We get to enjoy the growth. And I think if you look about, you know, what did I learn about myself this year is you probably will find some resilience you didn't really realize you have, or you might learn something else about yourself and that can be good or bad. And it can be, I found I will be complacent if you leave me alone long enough, or if I don't have a system in place, I will sit around longer or I will. So be available, be honest with yourself. The way this exercise works is the more honest you are, the higher the likelihood of a better outcome the other side. You can sit here and say, I had a great year and I'm a genius person and everything I did was great and I'm I'm awesome. There's nothing to learn from that. There's nothing, 24 will not be better if that's all this paper is. Yeah. So this is where we really spend some time and be really like honest with ourselves about, you know, we, we say you win or you learn. You really don't even lose. Either way, you're going to start your next event or your next venture with some experience, even if it was uncomfortable or what you call bad. Mm -hmm. At least you're starting the next one with some more knowledge. So you never start from scratch. Yeah, that's so good. Take a minute and go through this one. What did I learn about myself? Yeah. Did anybody want to share anything? What we've learned, what they learned about themselves? Could be good or bad. Throw your hand up if anybody wants to share. I, can, I mean, I can say one of the things that um, I, you, you guys probably know I get excited about things and I can take on a lot of things, right? Uh, and then it's it's the understanding that, okay, I'm, I'm mediocre at a bunch of things. And in order for us to be excellent, sometimes this has just been a continual learning process that uh, God's taken me through of like, Hey, there's never, there's never, uh, there's plenty of good ideas, right? There's, there's always good ideas. Scott and I joke about this a lot, but there's no shortage of these good ideas, but it's really coming back to, okay, does this actually fall in line with the vision, the God-given vision that I have for my life? And so that when we understand that, when I, when I was able to really grasp that, it it makes decision-making a lot quicker a lot easier. I don't even know quicker is the, is the right word. It's just easier. We all, we, we experience decision fatigue on a daily basis. And so when we can come into understanding of, okay, what is the vision? And now, okay, here's this opportunity. Does it, does it get me further to, or, or further away from my vision? And those are quick, easy decisions that can be made if we're rooted in what that original vision actually is. Roger, what you got, man? Yeah, I just wanted to share because, you know, maybe it'll edify somebody else. But like I I, I learned a, a lesson in obedience this year, um, just in the last half of the year. Like I spent some time um, kind of 
uh, you know, got to a point where I'd, I've gotten some success and I was kind of doing my own thing. And I kind of walked away a little bit of, of, uh, of what God had planned for me. And there was a big correction that came and God forced me through a season of doing things that I did not want to do, um, in order to get the things that I, I ultimately wanted and God, and God had for me. Um, it was a tough lesson. It was a le- lesson in obedience. I mean, there's lots of times, you know, when God tries to get our attention, you know, he tries to do it subtly. Sometimes he hits us in the back of the head with a two by four. And, you know, it was one of those times. It was something like I literally went through a time of like obedience where I literally woke up every, every day knowing that I was, I, that I, I don't know if punished is a bad word, but um, is is the word I'm looking for. But definitely, I, I I woke up knowing every day that I'm walking through something because God is showing me something, and I don't like it, but I'm doing it because God's calling me to be obedient. Yeah, that's great. It's a great reframe of the brain, Raj. And this is partly we're going to dive into this uh, at some point here. It's just this mindset shift that we get to have, right? Now, to say get to have, okay? It's it's when we it's like we're going through the junk. I mean. We know that those who walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's like not those who sit down and and sit up a, a you know pity party tent and want to talk about their their problems going on, but as we're walking through. So it's a reframe, like I'm getting through this season and I know that there's going to be much more uh, in store for me as I get to go through this. So Julie, I know you had your hand up, but did you, did you take it out? Did you have anything? You know, I did. My internet's not real stable, but this okay. this year, I I definitely learned. Can you hear anything? Yeah. Yes, we got you. Oh, okay. Um, to take my Sabbaths, I was getting really run down all year because Sunday was just an easy pocket to throw the overflow to dues that didn't get done all week, and life lost its joy. And when I brought my Sundays back in and just guarded that time of rest, life went a lot better. Yeah. That's so good. It's such a reminder too. And for all of us, that's like such a reminder. I mean, I don't, Our the first fruits of everything is what we should, should be giving to our creator, right? And that includes your time. Most importantly, your time. There's plenty of examples of, of money and the tithe and things, but like the, the number one resource any of us have is time. And if we give that time to him, whether it's right away in the day, right? Which is, I always would recommend that, okay? Give him that 10% of the morning, okay? It'll make the other 90% absolutely better and more fruitful than 100% of your own energy and effort. And the Sabbath is, is no different. So fantastic. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Lee Goodman, and then we'll move on. Hey, I'll double down on what those guys said. The um, No, if we're constantly asking God where the weights are, he'll show us which ones to pick up, which ones to lay down, and um, we'll definitely get stronger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Great. That's great. But you still have to be the one to lift them up. God can be like, hey, there they are. There they are. Are you lifting? Amen. Amen. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. You got it. It's good, Lee. So let's – Um. Uh. We were going to take a, a little bit of time to just let you guys do this, but I, I'm, I'm assuming as we're talking, some of you are, are starting to kind of flow through this a little bit. Uh, let's go to the, down to page three, then I've, I've got it on the screen here. Um, I think I have that on the screen, right? Yep. Here we go. Yeah. Let's go to the top right corner on this one. This one's okay. a good one. Mm. What was the biggest risk taken in 2023? What was your biggest risk that you took? 
And again, this is your words, right? So, you know, for some people, their biggest risk might have been a venture that they went out or it could have been a money thing. It could have been a, uh, I went somewhere that I'm normally afraid to go or I started public speaking or you, you come up with whatever those are. But I want you to think, does anyone have a, a big risk? Or let me ask it a different way. As people are sitting, starting to think through this question, is there anyone who thinks they didn't take a risk this year? Me. Just say me or, or raise your hand. Or just, I don't think I took any big risks this year. Yeah? Yeah. Brian, hey, was that Scott? <clears throat> it's good. It's good self self. That's Realization, absolutely. I love it. So Josh Latimer always says, if you don't know what your purpose is, your purpose is to find your purpose, right? If you didn't risk anything this year, that was your biggest risk. What are you doing? Like, why are you staying in the inside the fence? Like, why are we being careful? Why are we trying to be safe? Why? Let's start asking those questions, you know? Because I think there's definitely people in this room who are like, some of the things I'm most proud of, the thing that was the most risky thing I did, right? So I think part of this too is this is where growth comes from. You know who had no risk? The first guy in the parable of talents. Yeah. I would be, that would be catastrophic to me. My brain says, if I get to heaven and God shows me, see that guy over there? That's what I meant for you. If we are not twins, and I will be devastated. Mm. That's so like good. That, that's who you got to be. Like that's his intent for us is who we grow into be. And if we're not willing to take risks or go out again, never gives us more than we can handle. Right? If you're staying in your your years and you're staying in your plans and you're staying in your obedience to what you're comfortable with, then you're clearly not being obedient. Yeah, that by definition is almost going to let you know you're not pushing, we're not growing, you're not expanding the kingdom, you're not expanding yourself. Yeah, so, that's so good. And I think even you know my definition of, of risk has has changed a lot over the years as well, right? Because most of us we're we're being influenced by the world and what is risky, like yeah. what do we think is risky versus going all in going all in for God and Jesus because what's risky to him he's like I got you we and we we know how to do this Matthew uh, 6 is an incredible chapter if you just go and read that bad boy uh there's there's a, all about the the provision that he provides for us if we get to verse 633 and it, if we're seeking his kingdom his rule and reign in our life it says he dresses the lilies of the field. Like he, he takes care of those that are seeking him first. And so if we're actually doing that, this risk component is, is so mitigated because it's like, no, now I get to, because at the end of the day, I, I'm going to do my part. And our, our, old, our responsibility is obedience. The outcome is God's. Yeah. And if, if we, if we understand like that's a, that's it. The responsibility is obedience. I don't give a rip what anybody thinks about me or says about me. There's opinions to me. Success is not anything that I do in comparison to anybody else. Success is only did I do what God had called me to do. And that comes back to what you said, Scott. Like when, when I reach those pearly gates, man, the only thing I want to hear is well done. 
If there's anything that 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 I didn't do that I was supposed to do, that to me is is a complete and utter failure. And and that can be risking it all. That could be, I mean, Ash and I are on the same page with this of like, I don't care. God, you want us to live in a van down by the river? We will do that. I don't want to, but I will because I will be obedient to the call that you have on my life. And and that's the only thing that matters. And, and it, but the only way we know that is if we're seeking him first, if we're spending time, are we going into our prayer closet? Are we spending time? Are we meditating? Are we ruminating on the word of God? Joshua 128 tells us how to actually be successful. It's simple guys. It ain't even hard. It just takes obedience to do this. Meditate on the word of God. That word meditate means to ruminate, right? It's like a, as a cow, you chew, chew that cud, right? And then you swallow it. Cows have four stomachs, right? They're, they're chewing this thing. They swallow it. It's, it. They're digesting it. It's spitting it back up. He chews it again, swallows it, digests it, chews, spits it up, chews it again. It's disgusting, right? But yeah. that's what meditating on the word of God is. And if we do those, we're supposed to meditate on it so that it doesn't leave our lips so that we do. And this is where I think a lot of people that, that that are great at memorizing verses. They're they're very knowledgeable, but the difference between knowledge and wisdom is the application, right? So it's we have to meditate. Do not let those words depart from our mouth, so that we do what it says. Then we will be prosperous and successful. It's, it was a very foolproof plan. Yeah, foolproof plan works every freaking time. So easy. Why don't we do it though? <laughs> Why don't we do it? That's a question about risk. Do you guys think it's risky right now to um, talk about the truth? Do you think it's risky to challenge the media or challenge your employer? Or do you think that's risky to not take the vaccine? All the other things, like start laying all that the worldly stuff, right? You think that's risky? I think it's. I think it's way more risky to not. We just sat through a whole event. Of people saying, no matter what, there's only one truth. People say, I have my truth. You don't have a truth. You don't get one. There's only one. We live for an audience of one. Yeah. There isn't another version of truth. But people will say, well, it's too risky to challenge what's happening right now. No, no, no. It's too risky to not challenge what's happening right now. Yeah. yeah and this so is good. where sometimes, again, sometimes our plans, like, again, you can have your job. Entrepreneurs, the reality is Christian entrepreneurs are going to be the ones who take this country back for multiple reasons. One, because they have a set of standards if they're holding them true. Two, they can create wealth and they don't have the pressure of the government that can tell them what to do because they're creating their own wealth and that it doesn't hurt me. I don't care what the government does. It's not going to hurt me. So I get to do the way. Why do you think Elon Musk gets to talk the way he talks? Because they can't hurt him. They're trying. Don't think they're not trying. But these are the reasons why we want to elevate these things. And it it shifts your mindset when you go, it's risky to start a business. I say it's risky not to start a business. It's risky to question authority. I think it's risky not to question authority right now. You know, as sheep just walk right off the edge of a cliff, it was a little risky to not question where we were going here. Yeah, let's get it. Take that word risk and think about your mindset or what is your authority and what is, you know, the obedience of what you're doing and it's what you're doing is not risky is like risky to who yeah 
That's great. So guys, we're going to, uh, and then at the very bottom of this says, if you were to write a newspaper headline that summarized your 2023, what would it say? Uh, with I this guys, what Scott? I love that one. I love yeah. it. It is good. Cause it, it really makes us, you know, walk through these 16 squares that, um, that you guys, again, I, you're not going to have time to do that on this call together. It's something that I want you guys to do as the you know, just individually. And then if with your spouse as well, spend some time on these things and then write that headline, right? And then we're going to share with you where we can we can post these things to actually hold each other accountable here. Um, but this really just gets me excited about what's next, right? Like we got it, we, we've, we've rest, we're resting, we're reflecting so that we can recalibrate and then relaunch. And in that recalibration process, I think some of us, um, you know, maybe we, we've, we're in doing 2023 reflection or even the the past 30 years of your life, however, whatever it is, that timeline, we can either get upset. We can be like, I think I'm doing okay. Uh, or some of us might be like, yeah, dang it. What am I doing? Why do I, why do I do the things I don't want to do? We, we sound like Paul and Romans where it's just like, ah, I want to, I, I need this. I, I, I want to be used by God. And, and I think this is a perfect time for, for a Christian to really lay out this, what does it actually mean in these statements, here I am? Again, there's six, six I'm sure you'll, you'll talk about who actually made these statements and then what happened after the fact, what does that actually mean? And then we're going to dive into, guys, some true mindset shifts. We're going to do some work at the, at, at the Christian Sheriff's here on some mindset shift of what that actually means mean so christian talk to us about here i am all right awesome all right let me ask you show of hands how many of you want to be used by god in 2024 yes okay let me ask you another question how many are ready right now to be used by god in 2024 yes okay most hands okay i i appreciate the humility of those saying they're not quite ready now <clears throat> Uh, as Riley mentioned, and as you saw that awesome graphic on the front of this worksheet, here I am. God commissioned six people in the Bible, five in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, where when he said their name, their immediate response was, here I am. And in the Old Testament, it's this Hebrew word, Hanani, right? Hanani. And what, what that means is not just like, here, okay, I'm here, but it, it's actually a volitional and emotional a fully engaged presence. Now, if I were to ask you guys, if God called your name, Steve, Steve Brandon, Jared, uh, Riley Logsdon, what's up, dude? Riley, one of the original OGs of King's Council three years ago, uh, called any of your names, Scott, Scott, John, John, would your answer be, here I am, if you knew that, that here I am means that you're ready to be taught, you're ready to obey, you're ready to surrender, and you're ready to be examined by God. Now, that, that may be a different response. Now, if I ask you, are you ready to say, here I am for God in 2024? It, it, in all reality, there's probably a few less hands. Even myself, I'm like, I think so, but there's probably some work that I could do, right? So <clears throat> so going back, the, the first example of this is Abraham, chapter 22 uh, of Genesis. And it came to pass uh, after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am, Hanani, right? Here I am. The crazy thing with Abraham is this, this wasn't uh, God calling Abraham 
to um, to build his faith. He had been doing that over the years. He had called him in this moment to reveal his faith. And does anybody remember what God called Abraham to do here? He had sacrificed his son, Isaac. So are you ready? If you if God calls you, if you have a dream tonight, however the Lord speaks to you, if it's in your prayer time, reading through the word, worship time, or if you, you, you dream dreams or, or see visions, however it is, if you hear God call your, your name today and he says, go sacrifice your son. Is that, is that the type of commissioning you're willing to be called for, for the Lord? Now, that, that may be an extreme case. I don't know how many times uh, since Abraham, God has called somebody to do that as a show and, and revelation of their faith. But that's the type of faith that God desires from us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So Abraham was there. I, here I am. Here I am. God, use me. And thank God he was so in tune with the Lord because right as he was about to sacrifice Isaac in obedience, what happened? The Lord called Abraham, Abraham again. And he said, here I am. So he said, here I am. So that that oneness, being in tune with the Lord, he, he heard the Lord call his name to be commissioned and he heard it, the Lord call his name to spare the, the life of the son Isaac. Okay, so that's the first example. I'm going to go through these, some a little quicker than others, and I'm going to highlight a couple in particular. Next is Jacob in Genesis 31. Now here's Jacob. He, he's feeling like he's getting screwed over by his father-in-law Laban, right? But here he is in this place. And, and what this reminded me of in practical application today, because <clears throat> the Lord uh, uh, appeared, it says the angel, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So this is God appearing to, to Jacob. And Jacob says, here I am. Now, God says, I've seen all that Laban's been doing to you, but I am the God of Bethel. Arise, get out of this land, and I will return you to the land of your family. So this is Jacob's commissioning to go lead this country that we know now as Israel, right? So this is a, a mighty commissioning. And here, what, what strikes me about, um, about Jacob is that he was being mistreated, he was a shyster. We know that. He wasn't living the most righteous life, hadn't lived the most righteous life. But here he was. He was getting screwed over by his father-in-law. And so often we allow our, our, our horizontal relationships to affect our vertical relationship with the Lord. How many of you know that uh, it, this, this is Christmas time? Honor to you guys for being on here two days before Christmas. I, I, I want to honor you all for that. Christmas could be a very joyous time to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, but it could also be a very trying time because uh, a lot of people's family lives, people have some dysfunctional families, right? I, it's just the truth. And I, I went through a lot of that before I, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. So this could be a very trying time. Now, how often is it that you have something going on with a brother or sister or mother or father or an unbeliever, just somebody in your life, especially a family member? And, and all of a sudden, your, your heart grows hard to that person. Well, whether you realize it or not, if a veil is put over your heart to another person, that same veil is going to be there in your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it strikes me that, that Jacob here, even though he's going through the stuff with his father-in-law, he still says, here I am. He's still in a place uh, uh, of, of humility where he's saying, here I am. I'm still going to obey you. I'm not going to let this horizontal relationship affect my vertical relationship. So he says, here I am. And, and think about this. Abraham so far, the father of the faith, Jacob, Israel, right? He's commissioned to go, go lead this country, Israel. And now third, we get into Moses. 
in Exodus chapter three, one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible where God reveals himself from that burning bush to Moses. Does anybody know where Moses was when he saw the, this burning bush and what he had going on in his life? Does anybody remember? He was on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He was a nobody at this point. His first, that first 40 years of his life, he's royalty, right? He, he, he's a, the king's kid, so to speak, right? And obviously he's a representation of Jesus Christ. I don't want to get too deep into it. But in Exodus chapter three, the, the angel of the Lord, again, God, God himself calls to him from the, from the burning bush. He says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. And what strikes me about Moses is that he was in such a place of humility, the backside of the desert. He didn't even have his own cattle and sheep to call his own. They were his father-in-laws. He could, he was somebody. He wasn't thinking about the things that he missed out on, the things that he was. He wasn't thinking about any of that. He was just in a place of humility. And I could only imagine that time in the wilderness, that time in the desert, alone with the Lord, how much you build that uh, relationship with him. But here he was. He was in a place of humility. And what did God commission him to do? We're, we're going to lead the exodus, right? We're going to go set the people free from Egypt. So those are three mighty commissionings thus far. The next is Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4. Samuel at the time was only about 12, 13 years old. He was a young boy. And what's remarkable is, and, and, and I love this, how many of us have, have, have kids or young kids? You may have a 12-year-old boy yourself, Right. Here, here's Samuel, he hears his name called, and he thinks it's Eli. He's like three times like, Eli, is this you here? He, he, he hears his name, but he doesn't even realize it's the Lord. So what I love about this is raise your kids in the way of the Lord, because they will have that true encounter themselves. If you teach them about the Lord, keep them around the things of Jesus, they will have that true encounter where God calls their name and they have that, that full encounter where they just let, they're in. They, they, they come to saving faith on their own, salvation on their own. And what did, what did Samuel do? Oh, he only anointed the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David, just a little work that, that Samuel did when he got commissioned as a young boy. Next is Isaiah, chapter six, verse eight. Powerful, powerful chapter. Now, I'm actually gonna turn to it real quick. Now, Isaiah in chapter six, when he's called, he's commissioned by God. What happens, and what's, what's remarkable to me is in chapter five, he, he's saying woe to all these people who are living in iniquity. Woe to, to, to these who uh, are, are drinking alcohol in the morning. Woe to these who are, are doing all these different things, just living lives of unrighteousness. But then he sees this vision of the Lord. And you probably even know songs that, that sound like this verse because it comes from this verse. He saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. He sees these angelic beings, right, with the six wings. And, and he just gets it, this vision of God. And what does he say? He says, woe is me. It went from woe is them to woe is me. So he has this, this vision of the Lord. And what happens? Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, right? So when, in order for Isaiah to be commissioned, right, in order for Isaiah to be commissioned, First, he had to confess, and then he had to be cleansed. That, that was the, the path of transgression for Isaiah, and I think that's so applicable for us today. There's so many of us where we need confession uh, of wrongdoings. Even as we go through this list in 2023, what is it? I don't even care what, what it is that you said you're going to do in 2023. What is it that God told you to do? What is it that God told you to put down, to, 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 
to set, a, set yourself apart from. What is it? Did you do it? Well, guess what? A lot of us need to confess. A lot of us need to repent for some things. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not calling you guys out. I'm calling all of us out as a people. We're, we're sinners saved by grace. This applies to all of us. And far too many times, it's those little, little things that God is acting us, asking us to be obedient in that we don't do. And then we wonder why the, the bigger blessing doesn't come. We're asking why he's not commissioning us for the bigger thing. Because, because we're not obedient to the small things. Guys, I, I've mentioned this on Wednesday morning Bible study. I was a huge fan of Sons of Anarchy. Anybody remember that show, Sons of Anarchy? It's great. The biker gang, they're killing each other. They're cussing. It, it's amazing for my flesh, right? The Lord spoke to me, said, you can't watch this. And I was like, really? I literally had a conversation with the Lord. It's like, really? What if I pray a lot that day? He said to stop it. And I didn't stop it for the first couple of weeks. I told Lucy and I didn't stop for the first couple of weeks. And she was just giving me that look. Uh, every time I was watching, give me that look. Like, like. and how many of you know that God, uh, your wife's voice could sound a, a lot like the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when your wife gives you that that, that look of disappointment, it's like, man, I, I, I can only imagine God looking down at us in heaven, from heaven, right? But I did cut it out. And just that little act of obedience, like, oh, it's a big deal. It's a show, right? Uh, I, I, had a, I had a productive day. It's just a show. But when I, 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 I made that simple um, act of obedience, something so stupid, it seems like. But when God's saying to do it, it's not stupid. It's not irrelevant. It's not small. God is saying to do it for a reason. So Isaiah, he confessed, he was cleansed, and then he was commissioned by God. God says, Isaiah, he says, here I am. But he would have never been to, in that place if he hadn't confessed and, and was cleansed. First John 1 John 1.9 says, confess your sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess our sins. It's so important, God, guys. Uh, the greatest act of grace that God could show us is the ability to repent. If every time we sin, he just struck us dead. I mean, none of us would be here. I mean, a lot of us, from the time we opened our eyes this morning, probably most of us, for some reason or another, would have been struck dead before we even got on this call this morning, right? If, if we're just honest, whether it be a, a thought that we had or, or something like that. But think about this, with the power of confession, guys, and, and, and the power of confession, how that correlates for God to use us and commission us for his purposes. James 5.16, it's a, I, it, I could confess to you right now. It says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There's so much power that I don't even have to confess to God. I can confess to you, my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to be healed of such things. So there's so much power in that confession. So I really want you, as you not only go through the, the, this um, recap in 2023, but getting into 2024, what is it that you need to confess? What is it that God is telling you? Get away from that thing. Put that thing down. You, you know, cut this person out of your life. Do it. The, the, the small acts of obedience will go a long way as far as you being commissioned for the greater things that God has purposed for you. Okay. New Testament, Ananias. I don't know how long I've been so far, Riley, but I'm going to wrap this up here in, in the next couple of minutes. Cool, man. You're good, man. Solid. Cool. Ananias. Now, if anybody knows Ananias, they, there's not much said to him in, in chapter nine of Acts. But chapter nine is another great monumental chapter in the history of Christianity, because this is when Saul of Tarsus has this encounter on the road to Damascus 
and he's knocked to the ground. He sees the sleigh, he's knocked to the ground, he's blinded. He, he's taken to this house. And what happens? As he's having a dream that somebody named Ananias is going to come and lay hands on him, Ananias himself is having a dream from the Lord, gets his vision from the Lord. And, and what happens? The Lord said to, to Ananias in the vision, he says, Ananias, and what Ananias says, here I am, Lord, here I am. And when, when, when God gives him the instructions, he's like, wait a second, you're talking about the same Saul of Tarsus, the one that's killing everybody right now? You're telling me I'm about to go to his house, go to his house, lay hands on him, and, and uh, it's me, right? And what happens says, and then he went to the house where, where Saul was, who became Paul, right? The apostle Paul who wrote almost half of the New Testament. And he said, here I am. He got commissioned. So if God were to commission you right now for something that's scary, you're still going to raise your hand? We all want to be, you know, we think that being used by God means influence and impact and making headlines and helping people. But what if it's something that's really, really scary? What if it's God's commissioning you to go up to somebody who's crucifying it and killing and persecuting Christians and lay hands on them? And what happened? Ananias, he, he obeyed. He laid hands on them, and Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ananias is the one that baptized Paul. How amazing is that? He's one of, I mean, if you're familiar with my Wednesday morning Bible studies, I like to mention the people I'm going to seek out in heaven first, have a cup of coffee with, chat about a few things. Ananias is one of those dudes. He's only got this small passage in the Bible, but Ananias, it's like, man, that obedience. And here you are, that willingness. And if, if we go back to what I said, that that real meaning of here I am, Lord, use me, it's ready to be taught, ready and willingness to obey, ready and willingness to surrender, and a ready and willingness to be examined by God. Are we there at that place in our lives? Uh, so that's Ananias. So those are the six people in the Bible where, where God called them by name, and they were ready, they were willing, they said, here I am, and they went on to do great and amazing things. Well, there's one more person that actually said, here I am in Scripture, and it's in Revelation 3.20. And your version may say, behold, but it's the same here I am that Ananias said when he was called to, to lay hands on Saul. It says, behold. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him. I will sup with him. I will fellowship with him. I will be one with him and he with me. And that's Jesus Christ himself. So if you're struggling right now, if you don't even know if you're in a place to be commissioned by the Lord, maybe you don't even know the Lord at all on this call. Maybe you don't know him as well as you want to. Well, guess what? He is the ultimate one saying, here I am when we are seeking for him. If we cry out, Jesus, Jesus, he's the one. Jeremiah 29, 13, if we seek him, if we search for him with our whole heart, we will find him, right? Luke 19, he didn't just come to, to save the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. So if there's at any point, any of us need to cry out, say, Jesus, Jesus, he is always going to be there for us saying, here I am. Here I am, no matter the circumstance. That grace, that mercy, that faithfulness he has in us, it, it blows my mind. We're not worthy of it. We are not worthy as a people. There's not one person on this call, including myself, that's worthy of calling out to the Lord and him being there and listening and caring about us. No, no, not, not, not with all the crap that we've done, not with all the mess we've been in, not with all the hurts that we, we, we've done to people, but he's still there. So out of all these here I am's, all these people, yes, let's be commissioned. 
but let's cry out to the one who's always wanted to hear, hear you say, Jesus, Jesus. And he's right there saying, here I am. Here I am. So Riley, that's what I got, man. I love it, brother. I love awesome. it. You know, I thought it was only six and you, you bring out the banger. Seven people said it, Jesus himself, uh, Revelation 320. Is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah. So good. So good. Does that fire you guys up or what? I mean, like, here I am. And, and as, as I mentioned to be when we first started, it's like, it wasn't like, here I am over by the, the you know, shovel or by the, the garden. It's no, here I am, like, use me. That's what this thing is, is about, guys. And, and that's really where I want to go into next with you is really what does this look like as we start to cast this vision for our lives and uh, and how do, how do we actually make this thing work and and you guys know we the the seven day blueprint god's blueprint is is how we build anything successful right long term successful and and when i say successful i'm like fruitful right there's there's versions of success but it's it's what is what does god say success is Right, we want we want fruitfulness in our life, and and when we come back to vision, it's so incredible that day one when God cast vision for us, He said, "Let there be light," and it's like, well, what does that mean? Because God is light, right? Uh, scripture tells us that God is light, so let there be light. It was Him casting His vision, His His energy, His power was cast the moment He spoke those words. And what's so crazy, science actually has finally caught up to this, and they realize that the galaxy today is still expanding at the speed of light, which is so fascinating. I mean, I just geek out to how science finally catches up to what scripture has told us all along. Can I get an amen with that, guys? So what really got me on this, though, with, with vision is like, okay, if God already knew, if he's Alpha Omega, beginning, end, he, he, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he knows everything. Why would he still do this? And as I mentioned earlier, he had a vision for us, for relationship with us. He knew we were going to jack it up. He knew he was going to have to send his son to die the most brutal death, only to rise again to redeem us for those. And this is where I mentioned his vision gave pain purpose. And this isn't any different for our lives either, guys. So as we start to cast vision for our lives, it has to be so rooted in, in the purpose that any sort of pain that we'd have to deal with, we're willing to do so, right? Like yesterday, when I, 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 I'm literally wearing the 29029 hat because the hair transplants that I got yesterday, I, I ended up sending a few messages to Scott and Christian Roger. I was like, that was the literal worst thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> I had to sit for like 11 hours as they poked and prodded. It was awful, completely awful. And it, it was worse than hiking Mount Everest for, well, the equivalent of Mount Everest for 35 and a half hours because I was just like sitting there. It freaking sucked. But I did it because I wanted the confidence that I know I'm going to have when I have a full set of hair, right? That's the reality to be just real with you guys. I don't, I mean, the, the reason I, I wanted hair, right? I don't have this, the incredible confidence Scott has to rock the bald head. Uh, but for me, I wanted that confidence and I, that was pain. Just, I mean, it's a very simple, simplistic example I'm giving you guys, but that pain 
gave me purpose to, to sit through such a terrible event, right? And that's in business, in life, in your relationship with your spouse. It's hard. It's going to be hard at times. But do we have collectively have a vision that's going to be worth it? Okay. And so what we're going to spend some time on this. But before we dive into any sort of vision exercise, I always like to cover mindset, right? Because this is where our mindset dictates literally everything. Our perception is our reality. And if we don't get this thing right, if we don't take on a kingdom mindset, right? This is where we, we will constantly be at, at war, right? Because our war, it's, it's not a, against flesh and blood. This thing is a spiritual battle. And the only thing that the enemy can get to us at is between these two ears right here, right? The enemy cannot block your blessing. He can't. He, he can't. Hey, Jesus is, has, has redeemed us, but what he can do is what he did from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve in the garden was infiltrate their minds and then cause them to block their own blessing. That's the reality. If you think about it, like it was it, 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 the crazy thing, the craftiness of that stinking enemy is that he literally quotes scripture, right? We even when he tempted, tempted Jesus, he was quoting scripture with just a little bit of a tweak, right? And then that's what he does to us. So if we aren't continually battle ready, we don't put on the armor of God, that helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, if we're not continually doing that, we're going to be, it will affect us in every area of our life, right? So we have to guard our minds more than anything, guys. We have to guard our minds. So why Romans 12 is to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. This is a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis when you are going against the principalities of this world. This is the reality. We can sit here and we can make a hunky-dory like, oh, I want to do this with my life and I want to world peace and I want to, I just want to save kids, right? It's a righteous thing to say. But the reality is when you get off the sideline, if you're committing to this, here I am, use me. You better be battle ready because it is going to get hard. Okay, the moment I started praying this prayer of God, break my heart for what breaks yours. That's been my prayer the last four years. I, I just want to know you more. I want to be more like you. I want to take on this kingdom mindset, God. My life radically changed, radically, right? Scott, who's been with me for the seven, eight, eight years, knowing me for a decade, he can, he knows, he knows the junk that I used to do, the crap that what human being I was to what now God has done in and through me, right? And, and it is because of this kingdom mindset. Yes, it's a heart disposition, right? But with that heart transformation, now it takes work. This is what we can control, okay? And we've been, we, we talked about Joshua 1.8. We meditate, we ruminate. We can start to, to, to think things that ultimately affect our words, that ultimately affect our actions, that ultimately create habits in our life, that ultimately dictate the destiny that God has for us. And this, guys, is where we have to really understand how our mindsets affect anything and everything that we do, right? Are you guys with me? I geek out to this stuff so stinking much. So I'll try not to go down too big a rabbit holes with you here, but I do know that there's just some core things we have to understand and how, how, how impactful this is in our lives can be for the good, but most of the time it's it's for the, the bad, right? Because the enemy knows that and he can play the long game with us. And if we think about generationally, just 
why we think the way we think about things, it's time today. We just want to, we're going to audit our thoughts. We're just going to start to question why. And, and it, it, at the very, at the best case scenario, scenario, we question these and we go, yes, that's why I believe that. Or you start to question these and you go, yeah, why? Why in the world would I have ever thought that? Right? Because at the end of the day, most of us, most of us, the mindset that we've taken on have been passed down to us from an, you know, unsolicitedly, like just passed down to us from our friends, from our family, right? From the people that we've surrounded ourselves with. They're, I call them unsolicited gifts, right? It's like, there's, here you go. We take on these mindsets. And, and I want to hear some, some that you guys may have even have that you thought to be true, but you now know like that's why in the world, and this will be kind of fun. I'll, I'll give you guys an example. This is so moronic, but when I was little, my grandma told me I had to eat beets because it gave me blood. This is a legit thing that she told me. So I was like, okay, I'm like six, seven, eight years of age. Like, okay, well, I'll eat beets because I got I got to have blood, right? Moronic. She got me to eat beets, but now I know that cruel woman made me eat beets for wrong reasons, right? Like, does anybody have any stories? Throw your hand up if anybody has something that that you know now was was told to you, right? Like, even I remember this growing up swimming. Like, any, if I was going to eat, and it was, of course, always when we're having pool parties, fun stuff, we'd have a big pizza, and then my folks or whoever, the, the chaperone is like, well, you guys can't swim now for 30 minutes because you're going to cramp up. I just thought that was true. So we just didn't get in the water. And you know that that is not true at all? That is a complete BS. Yet we just we just assume it's it's true, right? And this is just something that that I want us to start to audit our thoughts. Does anybody have any other examples? I want to I want to hear some because uh, this is kind of fun to, to like maybe maybe even uh, knowledgeable for some of us. Maybe we can learn some things that that weren't true, but yet we just became accustomed to it. Like we just accepted it, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, that's not true. Why did I think that way, Lee? What do you got, man? Hey, yeah, just, um, you know, one of the things over the years that we can't talk about religious things at work, um, you know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we've been told that, right? And it's like, okay, well, now we just become accustomed to this, right? Or even, here's one, now here's a big one. And some of you might not like it, like me saying this, but in order to be successful, you got to go to college. You got to get a high school diploma. You got to go to college. You got to go into debt. $200,000 to get a job that pays you 60 grand. Moronic. It's the dumbest scam. College is a scam. I won't go on this soapbox too long, but it, it's, it's, it's stupid. Yet we just have culture has sold us this bill of goods and we're eating it all day long, going into debt, becoming a complete slave, serving mammon versus allowing ourselves to, to actually serve God. Whoa, whole nother, whole nother topic but that's a that's an, another thing where our mindsets affect all the things our subconscious okay is makes up 99% of the decisions that we make on a daily basis is the subconscious brain the mindsets that we take on okay so part of us and what we have to to learn to do when we take on a kingdom mindset Steve you got some more man I go 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is an easy one, but uh, money is evil. Ah, yes, yes, easy one. Layup for me, brother. I love that's a, that's a good one. Brian, did you have one? Uh, Steve took it. I was. I'll just add to it. Like the mindset of being wealthy is makes you not a good person, or you know, yeah. kind of growing up low, low to middle class. The mindset of, and that's been wiped away. And I, I know that's not true now, but I used to yes. believe that. Yes, that's exactly right. And here's here when when we understand these things and just start to and so I just want to encourage people as you're as you're going to go through 2023 and then you know we're going to start to cast vision for 2024. Let's start to think about why we think about things and question it with a a a, a positiveness of question it, not like oh everything is uh, against me. But let's just question like wait yeah why do I think that way? Why did I buy that? bill of goods, right? I remember reading a, a book once it was talking about uh, their great, great, great grandmother when they would put the ham in the oven, they would cut off the butts of the ham and put it in the oven. So her her child, her daughter did the same thing and then did it to the same thing to the to the next uh, generation. And then finally the granddaughter is is doing this. She's literally doing it. And then her, her daughter says, why do you do that? And she goes, well, I don't know. It's just what my grandma always did. Right. And it's like, well, I don't know why. So after grandma's, I don't know. I just what my mom always did. And then they get to the source of it. It's like, well, why did you do that? It's like, oh, well, the pan I had at the time wasn't big enough. And it's like, what? They just wasted a bunch of ham butts for like four generations just because that's what they thought they were supposed to do. Okay. And now some of us may have incredible parents and have incredible influences in our life that are teaching us these things. That's the goal. Okay. And if, but if that's not what's happening, in your life right now, it starts with you. That's what that's what gets me most fired up about this, guys. There's so many things in, in my uh, history, in my past, where it's like, you know what? Today, it changes. It changes with me, for Ellie, for the next generation. And it can change with all of you as well, if we take on this mindset. But this doesn't just happen overnight. This isn't something that just like we, we choose and it's done. It takes that decision. Okay, your perception is your reality, and it can change the moment you choose to make it change. Okay, you can change that, but it takes work. This isn't like something that that just happens overnight. This is a process of rewiring our brains, which again, science has finally caught up with this, and and we're told that simple twelve minutes a day of prayer over an eight week period literally changed brain scans. It, they literally shot, saw new neural pathways that were formed in our brain by just spending 12 minutes a day in prayer. You freaking kidding me? That's it? So if I go back to Joshua 1.8 again, it's like, all right, meditate on it, speak it. I'm starting to speak these lives because at the reality or in reality, when we determine, when we understand those truths, quote unquote, what we thought to be truths, when we realize that wasn't true at all, we have to replace those with new truths. Because if you don't replace those, they will forever be there, okay? It's isn't as simple as just like, that's not real. We now need to replace, right? All the religions are gonna tell you that you have to empty yourself and you seek solace and, and you know go find yourself. No, no, no. We replace things of this world with things of God. And that's prayer. And that's, it's, it's spending time in the Bible, learning and understanding scripture. That's how we can renew our brains. And that's really why 
we make those I am declaration statements. That's part of the process of, of why we make those declarations for those that, that were on when we first started. Like, yeah, sounds weird, but it works, right? It works because I'm, I'm rewiring my brain. So I like to think of it as a uh, cup of cranberry juice, right? If, I'm, if I have a cup of cranberry juice and I want to turn that into water, it's not as simple as just throwing out the cranberry juice, okay? Because now there's no water even. I have to put it under the faucet and I'm going to just start to pour water in this. And as it becomes more clear and more clear and more clear, eventually the cranberry juice is no longer there, right? And that's why we, we continually do these calls like this. It's why we continually uh, uh, do these rest, reflect, recalibrate, relaunch uh, discussions because that's part of that's that's discipleship baby like that's what this thing is about is being able to do this stuff together so that being said i want to dive into i mean we understand that the importance of our mindsets um but there's a few key things before we actually truly dive into this because if you guys have been to, into any of our events or seen some in the past we usually ask ourselves three big questions okay when it comes to actual vision of our life and, and I got this originally from Genesis 128, uh, which is amazing, right? You guys know that I believe this is our kingdom culture mandate, right? Or as an entrepreneur, it's our entrepreneurial mandate, right? In Genesis 128, it says that we had to, uh, uh, to be fruitful, to multiply, and then have dominion on this earth right now. One of the things that I've realized, so there's three questions that we're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys here is what do you want to have, what do you want to do, and what or who do you want to be? Those are three questions. If you're taking notes, you're going to want to write those things down. But here's what I've realized. why, How I've gotten this from Genesis 1.28 is it's, it's pretty simple. If I want to have dominion, which that's what we're called to do, right? Remember, this was before the fall. This is Jesus uh, created everything, created us, and then placed us in the garden to work, right? It, but we've been given this command that says, all right, th things were good. It was very good when he created us. And then it was, all right, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. So if I want to have dominion, I have to, you know, and, and I'm going to back into this here. I want to do multiply. I have to be fruitful. Okay. So even when we're starting to cast some vision here, we're going to goal set. Yes. You can have all the incredible things in the world, right? You can do amazing things in the world. And I, I believe as you continue to align and abide in God, those things are going to, they're going to probably change, right? They've changed for me over the last four years. That's for sure. Now, maybe you've been walking the Lord for much longer than I have, and, and you, you guys get this amazing uh, but they will probably change, right? When my prayer became break my heart for what breaks yours, God, that's when everything has, has slowly just been falling off of me. The scales have just been falling off of me of, of the things of this world. I don't think it's, it's not bad if you want a jet. I want a jet, right? If you want a private island, I still want a private island, right? A Ferrari. Be cool to have a Ferrari, right? But those things have become a little bit lower on my priority list based upon who I am becoming, right? And this is where it really, it, things things really start to change. Again, you can have all the things in the world. You can do all the things in the world. But what God is most, most interested in is who are you becoming in the process? 
And when we take on this kingdom mindset and we, we continually saturate ourselves in the word of God, those things usually tend to change, okay? Now, we'll see if we get a jet at some point. I think it could do incredible works for the ministry here. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not throwing it off the table, but at the end of the day, I do know every decision that I make is now falling in alignment with, with does this get me clearer or get me closer to the vision or further away from the vision, right? And this is where I want you guys to, to understand this process as well as this changes, right? If this doesn't change year over year over year, I'm questioning if we're really truly in this, right? My, the vision for last year at this time has, is different from what it is this year. It's different from 2022, different from 2021. And that's why we keep coming back to this, right? So that's, I want to encourage you guys with that of as, as you may reflect on 2023 and you're looking at your notes from 2022 and it's like, dang, I didn't do any of that, which is fine, right? That's, that's, that's completely fine because is where we're at right now. We can't change the past, but we can change our reaction to the future, right? There's nothing, action brings clarity is what we always say, but it's our reaction that reveals character. And that comes back to the B. Who are you being? Are you a person of character? Are you a person that is actually gonna do the hard things that God has called you to do? Are you making yourself available? Like here I am. All right, so a few more things I'm gonna lay out for you and then we're gonna actually dive into this exercise, guys. So back to our subconscious. We understand this thing makes up 99% of the decisions that, that we make on a daily basis. You guys all have experienced this. I know it. When you're driving home from work or you're driving to somewhere and you're off in a daydream and all of a sudden you wake up and you're, you pulled into your garage and it's like, dear God, how did I even get here? Has anybody experienced that before? It's like, I don't you know. It's, it's because subconsciously your body knew what it needed to do, right? Notice that when you're, when you're listening to the maps all the time, you can't be off there because you're all, or you're losing your exit typically, right? But when you, when, you, when you have done it over and over and over again, you can do things without consciously making those decisions, okay? And this is where our, our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our habits, and that's where the subconscious comes into play. And if we can create those habits, that ultimately changes the destiny of our lives and our children's, children's lives, okay? But it starts doing the hard things, thinking the right things, speaking the right things. And the goal isn't even to, to do the things. The goal of these goals that we're going to write down, the goal is to want to do the things. That's like, that's, that's a, a game changer when you really think about it. Because a lot of us, the, the goal is I want to wake up and go, go exercise so I can drop a few pounds or whatever the situation is. The goal isn't to do hard things. The goal is to want to do hard things. Because that's when those habits are now a life of design, no longer a life of default. Is this making sense, everybody? All right, all right, cool. So what do we wanna have? What do we wanna do? What do we wanna be? And, and ultimately, we, we, we have to make this subconscious in our lives. And here's how we actually do this. When we start to cast vision, I'm gonna give you guys, I think I got five, five examples here that will help you rewire how you're casting vision for your life. We'll go through these relatively quick. The very first one is to think in an unlimited way. It's, it seems silly, but at the end of the day, if you're gonna start to, to lay out your goals here and you can clearly see a way to hit those goals, 
I, that ain't a God-sized goal. That ain't a God-sized vision. Right now, it may you may feel safe and secure because you can you can feel you can see how it can be done. So you think, okay, that's a, a realistic goal that I can hit. I think those, you know, what are we told that have smart goals? Smart, like uh, what is it? I don't even know what they are now. But one of them is realistic. BS. I don't want any realistic goals in my life. I want goals so big that the only way that this is possibly going to happen is if God shows up. And that, I believe, is the separation between an entrepreneur and a kingdom entrepreneur, is when we pull God into this process and we're like, all right, God, I want to, first off, if you start putting pen to paper, that's great, but I would tell you, I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer on it and, and really invite God into this process of like, is this really what you want for my life? Right? Is this is this the calling that you got on my life? Okay, because we can do a lot of things. You can be successful at a lot of things, and at the end of 2024, you're gonna still feel like a failure if it wasn't operating for the God-given intended purpose of why He put you on this earth. That's just reality, right? The world can tell you you are successful, you are successful, but you know deep down inside, is that why God put you on this earth? And that's up to you. That's between you and God. Ain't nobody else going to be able to judge you in, in that. All right. So when you invite God into this process, is it unlimited thinking? Like, God, make it so big, so big. Okay. So that's that's number one. Number two is when you start to cast this vision, we think in pictures, right? So we need to be in the picture, not a spectator. And let me let me break this down for you guys. So some of you guys may have heard of, of, there's been incredible people who visualize. The greatest athletes in the world, Tiger Woods, the GOAT of golf, Michael Jordan, the GOAT of basketball, Tom Brady, the GOAT of NFL quarterback. These guys, what why they were so good is they visualized every game. I remember listening to an interview with of Michael. He was just talking about, he would literally visualize before the game. He was in the locker room visualizing himself on the court, but not from him watching it at the sideline, right? This is where a lot of us think is we're spectators of our lives. At the end of the day, we have to be in the picture. We have to be in the game. So when Jordan's when Jordan's like visualizing this, it's literally him, you know, passing to Pippen, right? To running, running down for a breakaway layup. He's he's in the, the game. And this is how we have to take on this visualization process. It is very, very powerful if we actually put ourselves in the game versus simply a spectator in the sport. Does this make sense so far? All right. All right. Good. 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 Okay. Here's a big one, guys. When we start to put this down pen to paper, we want to be able to cast vision for what we want, not what we don't want. Okay. Because Scott and I do this. We've done this for the last seven years with our sales guys. At the end of every year, we start to ask questions uh, of what do you want this year? What do you want to accomplish this year? And here's typically what we get a lot of. Well, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Or I, I don't I don't want to be broke anymore. I don't want this and, and that. And again, remember, our subconscious makes up 99% of the decisions we make on a daily basis. And the, the crazy thing is God designed our brains in which we, our subconscious does not know how to process a negative. It, it doesn't, we don't know how to process a negative. So when I hear things 
of what I don't want, all your subconscious is actually hearing is what you want. This is, this is ninja level stuff here, guys. So I want you to, to really think about this, right? Because I could go to, I mean, I could go to uh, downtown Minneapolis here and find plenty of homeless people that don't want to be broke anymore, right? That's just, they don't want to be broke anymore, right? That this, that, but what do they actually want? Is there something that they truly want? So when you start to write these goals down, you, the first time you take a crack at it, it might be, well, I, I, I just don't want to live in this house anymore. I don't want my children to, to see this anymore. That's fine. That's a good start. But then we're going to start to change that verbiage and make these declarations of what we do want. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a prime example of this. Why your subconscious cannot process a negative is because I'm going to tell you right now what not to think of, okay? I do not want you to think of an ice cream sundae. I don't want you to think of it. It's vanilla, but do not think of this vanilla ice cream sundae. There's some chocolate on there. There's sprinkles on it. Don't think of this thing. Do not think of this ice cream sundae. What are y'all thinking of? Do you understand? Now, we think in pictures. We think in images. It's real and it's concrete. And when we start to think those thoughts, even in the negative sense, that's what we're thinking about. Okay. All right. A couple more I got for you guys. And then we're going to get into this here. All right. Make it emotional. This is pretty simple. You guys know every, every, we, we, we coach a lot in sales and everything we say is every buying decision is, is based upon emotion. Now, a lot of people think it's backed by logic. Uh, or it needs to be backed by logic, which is true, but the decision itself is, is an emotional decision. And when we make, when we start to cast vision, we have to tie ourselves emotionally to this vision, emotionally to the goal, right? God, he, he got emotional with this thing, right? If he knows that he's literally having to send his son to die on the cross, like you, there's going to be some emotion. That vision is what gave pain purpose, right? Prime example of this. I think we've got mainly people on here that are my age at least. Can you guys remember where you were at on August 11th, 2011? 8-11. Does anybody remember where you were at on 8-11? 2001, excuse me. Unless it was your birthday or there was an emotional event, most of you have no clue. But does everybody remember where you were at on 9-11, 2001? Why? Because it emotionally had an impact. It was anchored in our life at that point in time, right? It's like, okay, we knew. I knew I was a sophomore in high school, right? I knew where I was We in my English teacher's room. And then we went down to the library and we sat there and we watched the television of witnessing what was taking place. It was an emotional event in my life. And this today, when you cast vision, this needs to be emotional, because if you don't make it emotional, you're not attaching it, you're not anchoring it back to, to allowing you to have that pain to fulfill that purpose. All right. And the last one I have for you guys is it's got to be in the present tense. This is simple, right? Because when you're going to start to write this down, you're going to talk about what you want, right? What, this is what I, what I want to have happen. And that's great. That's a good first start. But once we have that first draft down, we're going to redraft this thing. And we're going to talk about what we have, who we are, 
right? We This is why we, when we say these declarations, I am an intentional man of action, honor, and integrity. Ash would probably be the first to say that I'm not always that guy, right? But I'm declaring that as who I am continually in training to be. And I will continue to make that statement. Jesus said these I am statements, right? It's like, it's not that he, he was or he was going to, is that he is, I am. So we have to put these in the present tense. And, and here's a prime example. Has anybody ever gone uh, walking down the street? So I've seen this in a couple like small communities. I walk, walk down the street and there's a sign on the street that says this, free beer tomorrow. Anybody seen these signs before? Maybe it's hanging in, in a local bar, right? This is our subconscious. Again, the power of it. If we're saying what we want or what we're going to have, it will forever be what we don't have. Okay, because when I go back tomorrow to the bar to get my free beer, what do I got? The same sign. Well, that's tomorrow. Oh, it's free beer tomorrow. And it's never today. Is this making sense for anybody? Anybody have any questions on any of these things here? Throw your hand up if you got any questions. Uh, so just to recap here, think in an unlimited way. You want to be in the picture versus a spectator. Okay, you are in that picture. It's what you want, not what you don't want. You're going to make this thing emotional here, and then it has to be in the present tense. All right. So yeah, let, me, let me add something real quick, Brad. Please, I please do. In a practical delivery of, because I want you guys to sit with this exercise for a little while. When you think about it, when he says, I don't want to be broke, picture like I don't want to be here at the end of 2024. You guys understand? This just became true. You aren't here. You're just here. And it may not be better. May not even be what you're supposed to be doing. It may not even be anything. It's just not here. So when you think of things in the negative or say, I don't want to be whatever, I don't want to be still, you have to say, I want to be there. So you have somewhere to go. And that's where we started this with the map. You got to know where you are and where you want to be. When you speak in the positive, I want to have this much. I want to be doing this regularly. I want to be at the gym five times a week. I want to talk to at least three people a week about God. I want to whatever say the, those things in a positive what it's almost impossible when you do it i'll even say i'll venture to say it's actually impossible when you talk that way no matter what by the end of next year you won't be here yes when you say stuff in the negative though it's almost like saying anywhere but here and anywhere is not necessarily better and using the verbiage of i want to be there that's what i want to be and then when you're walking it out, say, I am the person who is that person. You will continually work toward it. You almost can't fail if that's really what you're being called for. Yes, that's great. Thank you, Scott. And so the the three big questions, I did. I took the screen share off, but I want to make sure again that you guys have these because we have the, the page four here that will, the worksheet that we have for you guys. But as a part of filling that out, I want you to ask these three questions is what do you want to have? What do you want to do? And who do you want to be? Okay. Because once you have those, that that's vision casting. Now we can start to lay out actual goals. And this is, this is going to be a process by no means are you going to get this done now. Okay. And this is why we start this, but I do want to have a follow-up call uh, January 4th for those that want to continue to have accountability with this. 
right? And continue to actually walk this thing out into 2024. But does anybody have any questions on that specifically? I think you did a good job, Scott, kind of recapping that. We're good there. Okay. So 11.50, I was going to have some time to actually walk through that a little bit with you guys, but I think I think you guys have this. And so I'm going to, I want you guys to actually take some time with this, especially if you're uh, a spouse or you, you've got, you want to, I highly, highly recommend if you are married and they're not, not on this with you, you do this individually. I would recommend they do it individually and then come together here and share these because that is uh, going to be an incredible tool for you guys to just share. Like, are we on the same page with the vision that we have for our life? Because if you're not, it's part of the seven day blueprint. It's going to be impossible for you to create the atmosphere and culture in your home life that is going to allow you to set up any sort of structure in order to create momentum to actually multiply. Okay, for those that don't know, the seven-day blueprint, that's what that is. Um, we can get you access to that. It's in the seven-day blueprint book as well uh, that will help you kind of lay this thing out. But it's so important that if we don't have vision correct or vision in, in alignment here, we're never going to, there's always going to be a mishap or there's going to be something that comes up on the other days in order for us to truly multiply and have that fruitful life that God has called for us. Um any questions? I feel like I could go on and on and on for, for days with this, but uh, I don't want to like completely mind meld you guys with this stuff. One last thing, just, just and as we talk about how we do it a little bit, just remember this is not, don't go isolate and you know do this on a worksheet and then shove it in the back of a book somewhere. And like, we're not meant to be by ourselves. We're not meant to work alone. This is not you're walking this thing out and you're on an island and no one else is going to be near you. This is all intermeshed with other kingdom entrepreneurs, other people, people in your life. This isn't going to just be some, I set out a task for next year and no one else is involved. There's going to be multiple people involved on multiple levels. And accountability is a big, strong one too. That's why I say the more uh, you know, honest and raw the first round is, the more successful and, and aligning yourself with people who are kind of enrolled in that vision, if you will, like Christian so eloquently put, here I am is not, hey, God, I'm present. I'm here at school today, present. Like, no, what you're saying is I'm here, enroll me, sign me up, like send me where you want. I'm here, I'm ready to go. So that's part of it too. And there is going to be a version of our own internal like fear to those things. But no, you're not going alone. This is not something you're going to do on your own. No one's like, you sign up for the military and you go run the entire battle by yourself. That's crazy. But we actually do sometimes think that. I want people to detach. This is all on me, but it is up to me, right? Yeah. So just kind of remember that. Definitely having community and, and others around is going to make it great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, one last thing that I'll, I'll just share here. Uh I mentioned in 2024, because I feel like there's a number of us here are in the King's Council community. Um, if you're not, and you're like, man, I, I kind of dig this. I'd like to be a part of this on a more regular basis. Um, Roger, if you could throw a couple of different links, I'll have you throw into there. Um, uh, joinkingscouncil.com forward slash discover. Uh, we want to give you guys the opportunity to join us um, with us throughout the entire year of 2024. You guys know we are a nonprofit ministry. 
every dollar that comes into this organization is getting deployed out to some incredible things, uh, just some amazing things that we're, we're going to share more and more with you guys uh, come January 4th. It's a Thursday night. Uh, we're, we're kicking off for those that are in Discover. Just so you guys know, Discover is 97 bucks a month. Okay. If you can't afford 97 bucks a month, uh, talk to us, but it's, it's a very it's a nominal dollar amount that we're just asking to, to commit to giving to this, this um, ministry that we have so you can participate in these things. As you know, it's cost money to do a lot of these things. We have an incredible app that I'm hoping will be able to be downloaded by then uh, for all of our courses. We mentioned the DNA Blueprint. Uh, we've got the seven-day blueprint. We have small group curriculum that um, we're providing to churches uh, and a lot of other video courses that are going to be housed in this app. But it's bi the big, biggest thing is to be able to communicate with you, uh, to communicate amongst each other. Um, for those that, uh, again, are brand new, we have a, a platform called the Kingdom Directory, which essentially is uh, a, a resource that allows us to, oh, I don't know why it's paused now. I'm going to stop share and then I'm going to reshare with you guys. Uh, this will be what the website looks like. I'm not going to, we're not going to go through all this. You get a little message from me here, but um, it'll lay out everything that you get access to. So the private access um, and those that, that aren't aware of this, a new, we've, the first Thursday of every month now, we are going to be doing an actual uh, training. Um, I, I'll be leading the majority of these here where it'll be less coaching, but it'll be a, a training session, a little bit like this. Uh, and then those that are in develop, you know, that we have bi-weekly coaching calls. Uh, Josh Latimer and Scott help us out with those. And those are going to be more business coaching uh, as we are a community for entrepreneurs, of course. But we have a monthly training that's going to happen once a month as well. We just hop on a Zoom call like this and, and we just uh, talk through life, uh, but from a biblical perspective. And so uh, lots of great things, again, that are that are coming in store for you guys. We have a Wednesday morning Bible study. Um, again, I'm not going to go through all of this with you guys. You'll uh, We've got, if you haven't even become an entrepreneur yet, you want to learn how to become an entrepreneur, we've got that as well. But the biggest course, as we mentioned, is this DNA Blueprint. If this is new for you guys, as far as like, okay, I'm starting to cast vision, but I need to know, I don't know what's next. This is going to be the course that you're going to want to go through. And again, this is 97 bucks a month, but for for the first two weeks, we give you access for 10 bucks. You just have to join, um, click on the start free trial now and you get access for 10 bucks and you get, get to taste, just see what we're all about, kind of get a behind the scenes look on what we're about. Now, if you're already in business and you're like, this is cool and you, you want a little bit more uh, coaching, that's going to be the develop program where we have those bi-weekly coaching calls, where this is where we get in the nitty gritty of your actual business. Um, and that's 297 bucks a month. Uh, and again, there's no contracts or anything. We just want, if you're a part of this, we want you so into this. Uh, and uh, um, the value is is incredible. Josh Latimer charges six figures uh, to coach, people pay him six figures to coach them in business. And he does this Three hundred bucks a month for for you guys, uh, and he doesn't take a dime. Like he just wants to do it uh, as a part of his way to give back. Um, and then for those that are just like, hey, I'd, I'd like some more one on one, some real like uh, uh, time with um, other high level business owners. Typically, we're doing seven figures plus in this group. That's deployments and application only. Um, and but that's something that you guys could actually take a look at as well. So 
joinskingscouncil.com. But if you go to forward slash discover, forward slash develop, or forward slash deploy, you can get each one of those uh, as far as uh, details on each one of those programs. Or as always, if you have any questions, just hit us up, whether it's Christian. Christian will usually be able to answer any of those membership type questions. Um, and then he's the one who leads all of our Wednesday morning Bible studies as well. Kingdomdirectory.com. This is the thing that I'm so excited about that I'd mentioned. Uh, we've got, I think we're over 600 uh, business owners now, Christian owned businesses that are on here uh, because we are big proponents of sowing into the kingdom economy and being able to support that. So it's also a place where you can promote your business, your services, so people know what you're all about. And uh, we can become intentional with where we sow our dollars as well. So I don't think I have anything else on that. Christian, did I miss anything, brother? No, I think you got it. Got it? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And, and just so you guys know, this app that Riley's talking about should be uh, available. It, it's for, for everybody. We're going to have a, an app where, whether you're a member or not, we're just going to have a community uh, of people like us, like mindsetted uh, believers, entrepreneurial mindsets, where we, we will have some free resources. But then if you want to get involved, I mean, the $97 a month uh, plan isn't too bad, uh, you know, financially. And as Riley said, it, we're a nonprofit. All the money comes in, it, you know, we, we do our best to keep costs at a minimum and then the money goes back out to different ministries. So, uh, you're really contributing to, you know, it's a tax write-off now. It's not a for-profit coaching program. You, you get it as a tax write-off. So, um, yeah, sir. Yeah, and not to catch up, Christian, but um, if any of you want to uh, want to lead a small group within your local church, we have resources for you. If you like this content and it's like you want to glean from this, the whole point of this is to be able to get this out to as many people as possible. So uh, we have that curriculum. We have videos. We have uh, workbooks to go through. So we would love to provide that to any of you as well. If you have any, uh, whether it's in a small group or maybe you want to do a you do a Zoom meeting like this. Certainly invite people to this, but if you want to lead your own, we love it. We just want to get this heart uh, for for Jesus into entrepreneurs' hands um, because we know, again, we're, we're called to be obedient. The outcome is up to God. And if we do our part, we know that he will always, always, always fulfill his end of the bargain as well. As you're going to spend some time into this, maybe take a minute after this. You want to dive into this great right away or... I would encourage you to ruminate on this thing over the next couple of weeks, guys. And then for those that are joining us into 2024, Bob, you'll get more information on that. January 4th, uh, the first Thursday of every month, we're going to come on and we're going to do some additional training on this seven-day curriculum specifically so we can help keep each other accountable throughout all of 2024. All right. Nice. Wonderful. Well, God, here we are. Use us. Yes. We'll see you guys. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.